Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here in week three of Advent with... Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. So uh, Ziggy, it's awesome that we're today we're talking about uh, we're continuing a series that we've started here and and we love doing series and this one essentially during Advent it's like well there are four weeks four Sundays of Advent yes. and so we are going to uh, take each one of those Sundays. And we're going to take the four parts of the kerygma. Yes. And we're going to uh, we're going to discuss them. And this is week three. So just to recap, uh, week one was about the goodness of creation culminating in the creation of man in God's image. Uh, the second one we did last week is sin and its consequences. The third part that we're going to cover today is what God has done through Jesus in response to our sin. And of course, the fourth part of the kerygma, which we'll do the fourth Sunday of Advent, is our response to God. So stay yes. tuned for that fourth one, because that's when we're going to tell you all the good stuff. And our major focus last week in terms of sin and its consequences, we really centered our discussion around the lordship of sin and death. Yeah, that sounds like a really scary comic book turned into a like a, a movie. <laughs> fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But at the end of the day, like what our, what our big focus, though, was... Uh, it, we provided biblical foundations, but we were having a practical discussion too. I think a relatable discussion um, as to why our fear of death inclines us to sin. Yeah. You know, cause we hear all the time, you know, there's certain uh, quotes in the Bible, the wages of sin or death. Well, we don't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily instantly make sense as the link between sin and death. I mean, unless it right. just sounds like the wages of sin and death means you die for your sins because, yeah. you know, that's the just punishment and, and you leave it at that. Now, if you're looking at that death as a biological death. Right. Right. Then that, that's, that, that is, it's, it's one aspect of death. Sure. But there are other aspects of death as well. Well, first of all, we're not just talking about the biological reality, as you said. We're talking about things like, and this was brought out in Wisdom 2 in our previous discussion, you know, the fear of personal annihilation. Like, once I die, I'm gone. I am gone. That fear. Or the fear of ultimate meaninglessness, right? Because what that leaves us, what, what that leaves us with, if when I die, if this is all there is and I just cease to be, and any meaning that I'm feeling and sensing right now in my life, that it eventually, too, will vanish and all the things that ever mattered to me and the people who mattered to me will vanish. Then I need to eat, drink, and be merry. Right. Yeah, because if, if that is all that there is, then I'm going to say to myself, well, I better get while the getting is good. That's right. Right? Because at that point, you're going to say, this is a quote from Wisdom 2, um, that the, the, people, the unjust man says this, pointing to the life on earth and the things of the earth, this is our portion, this is our lot, right? But one of the things that we're going to be discussing here uh, in, in our four parts in the kerygma is God is giving us his very self. He is our provision. He is our portion. He is our lot. But see, we're not seeing that because you have to be under the lordship of Jesus in order to have a heart knowledge of that. Yeah. And instead, when we aren't under the lordship of Jesus, 
We might say to ourselves, like we said in our last episode, oh, I'm under my own lordship. No, you're actually under the lordship of, of sin and you're right, sin and death. Of sin and death. And the lordship of death is the, the fear of death that grips the heart and drives us to sin. See, that's it's, it's back to the basic quintessential understanding that there are two possibilities, two realities. Yes. There is life and death, right? Scriptures tell us that. Yes. There is good versus evil. I mean, these yeah. are, it's a classic concept. So anything that is not God is on sin and death. I mean, everything else leads to sin and death. Yeah. And even I, if you do like, I'm in the Lordship of myself. Right. Just call me Lord. Right. Call me Lord Jeff. Yes. You know? Yes. That's actually, you're now in the Lordship of sin and death. And so that's why, and this is why death and sin go hand in hand. Right. And so, uh, you know, so there's more that we could say about sin and its consequences. And, and you might want to look at, we did a two-part series this past yeah, summer. Yeah, that was a while back, but what you need to do, we, we did a two-part series called Spiritual Physics. Yes. Uh, where we where we really, uh, we, we go deep into uh, sin and all the consequences. Yes. As, as well in that. And, and if you want to hear that, what you do is go to our website, thecatholiccafe.com, and then when you go to the listen page, you can actually search, and you can search for spiritual physics, and that show will pop. Those two shows will, will pop up. Well, in episode two from that series focused upon uh, hell and the reality of attacks from the devil all being consequences of sin. And, you know, we didn't really talk about hell in our last episode. Not in the Kerygma episode. Right, exactly. And but I think it's important for us to cover hell briefly. All um, right. And, and because for some people, that's a stumbling block. You know, we spent our first episode talking about the goodness of creation and that the goodness underlying it is the goodness of God and God is love, right? And, and so people hear God is love and then they hear, what if God is love, why... Why would a loving God send his children to hell? Why would he create a torture chamber for all eternity? Yeah. Right. Because that doesn't sound very loving. Right. And so, like, that's a loaded question. And, and, and for those who are seeking answers to that question, we really recommend that you listen to uh, our spiritual physics series uh, because we really go in depth with that. But, you know, we're going to cover it a little bit here because it's relevant here, too. Uh, in, in our in our episode on God's response to sin. And and here I think it's important for us to remember the Gospel of John chapter 3 and the phrase specifically that Jesus did not come to condemn us, but came to save us, right? So he came to save us from what? To say, He came to save us from the lordship of sin and death, right? As we discussed last week, it's our fear of death that inclines us to sin. That fear has lordship over us, as does sin, and so rather than look at hell as a punishment, it's better to look at it as a, a logical consequence of being under the lordship of sin and death. Because church teaching is now in, in the mystery of God, anyone who's in hell has chosen hell. Yeah. So usually the phrase, like when I'm teaching RCIA, we're yeah. talking about uh, the four last things, specifically, uh, you know, hell and its place in those and judgment and all those things. The people that ask the questions tend to come from the perspective of, you know, why would God cast someone into hell? Right. Right. And, and, and I'm quick to like, say, again, it's a loaded question because it's based on a false premise. You know, the church doesn't teach that God condemns someone to hell, that sends someone to hell, that God is the one that casts or throws somebody into hell. Right. Um, the better way to look and understand, it's, it's not written this way in the catechism, but it's a free choice that we make. Yes. Right? It's a conscious choice that we make. 
and and the way I describe it in RCI is I say hell, you know, the entrance to hell is a door mm. and it's got a handle on one side. Yes. And we turn that handle. God doesn't turn the handle. God doesn't throw us through the door, kick us out of here, whatever. And in fact, I would imagine that God doesn't want us to open that door. He's calling every human person to himself. That's, that's right. That's right. But we faced with the ultimate choice. Right. When we're faced with the reality of our of our life and what we've done and what we've chosen and what we continue to choose, even at our last breath. Yes. Right. At that point, that's what we're deciding. We say, God, I reject you, your son. Yes. And I don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Right? Remember, Jesus talks about blaspheming the Holy Spirit being this right. unforgivable sin. And, and so it's like people go, what does that mean? A common understanding in the church is that that at the last possible moment, we reject God's mercy. Right. And we may even say, you couldn't even you couldn't save me. I'm, I'm that far gone. Right. Right. So any of those kind of actions are us rejecting God, our free will choice not to be with God. And, That's hell. And, and the mystery of God, God's going to reveal himself to each human person. We believe that as an article of faith. Yes. As Catholics and that e each of us will have a choice. Yeah. And and so this is why we're only able to enter heaven under God's lordship. Right? Heaven is not a possibility if we're in the under the lordship of sin and death. Yes, exactly. So it is a transference from the kingdom of of sin and death to the kingdom of God. And so because of his lordship is a lordship of love, because remember we said in this, 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 uh, our first episode, um, love is a choice that's made in freedom. Love is a choice to will the good of the other for the sake of the other. God is love. If you're entering into the lordship of God, you're entering into the lordship of love. You're entering what heaven actually is. It's an eternal love communion under his lordship. Right. It's not this place where, oh, man, I'm going to go to heaven. And if I really like steak, all I have to do is just imagine steak. And all of a sudden it's just going to appear in my hand. So that's a heaven that we would imagine in our consumer culture because we confuse in our culture loving with pleasing. Right. We think, oh, whatever, please, if you if you pleased me, if you loved me, you would please me. That's not how this works. You know, any parent who has has kids knows the power of tough love. Right. And sometimes willing the good of the other means displeasing somebody else. So, yeah. Newsflash, you know, anyone who has ideas that heaven is just this place where you get whatever you want the moment you imagine it. No, we can just tell you that's not what heaven is. Heaven is entering into a, an eternal love communion under the lordship of God. And, and, and so what's the thing that makes that lordship of love possible, that love communion possible, being saved from the from the lordship of sin and death and being transferred into this lordship of God? What the thing that makes us po that possible is God's response to our sin. Right. So which is that's part three of the kerygma. Um, and I know it took us a while to get here, but but <laughs> we're here and it, we needed to make sure that's clear. And if it's not crystal clear, since we've been talking a lot about these lordships. Yeah. Right. I want to make sure people understand that in the in the kerygma. I mean, number one, God created everything as, as good. Yes. It, 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 his creation was of himself. Uh, and a reflection of himself, which is all good. Yes. Right. And and we are the crown of his creation. Uh, and he created and made, he made us in his image and likeness. Yes. Right. We're called to goodness. We're called to love. We're called to holiness. 
But we chose not God. We chose to sin. We turn our backs on God. Our first parents did. Yes. This original sin, when sin entered into the world, now suddenly there are consequences to that choice. Right. And we're faced with that choice every day. Well, in this case, so in this episode, in addition, we're kind of tackling some big questions, right? So earlier we already mentioned, well, gosh, if God is love, why is there a hell? You know, we're also going to address with, you know, the, the, uh, it's another stumbling block for people. Well, why did Jesus have to die? You know, if God's love, why would a loving father do that to Jesus? Right? Seems kind of cruel. Seems he seems like a mean guy, right? Or I know a, I'll save the people by killing my son. Right. Exactly. Well, exactly. I mean, right. it just it sounds it's like at the outset. So someone who is not in the lordship of of God, right? Right. Who's not in the lordship of love won't necessarily understand. That'd be this. like, I don't want to be in the lordship of that guy. You well, know, but like, but that's why this charisma. Is so important. process is so important. Exactly. And, and and as you'll see, another major question, a lot of people are, are another stumbling block for people is why does God permit suffering? Or another way to say that is why bad things happen to good people. Right. And we're, we're actually going to we're going to address that in this episode, too. So there's a lot, you know, stay tuned. There's a lot that we're about to get into. Yeah, I know. It's like you hear those songs like, you know, our God is an awesome God. You know, that's like, <laughs> then you write in new lyrics, like he slays and he destroys. You know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> well, he causes all these things. Like, he made hell. And it's like, those aren't the lyrics. <laughs> they aren't the lyrics. But the, but the point is, there seems to be a dichotomy. There seems to be like opposing views, like yes. God is good. And yet Jesus had to die. Right. And he, and he had to suffer. And, and, and other people suffer. Right. That doesn't sound right. And these questions of why did Jesus have to die and why did God why does God permit suffering? It all goes back to the lordship of death. And the fact that in order to set us free, you know, when we look at the cross, there's a lot of different ways of looking at the cross and there's listen, there's it's a it's the most meaningful thing in the universe. I mean, yeah. it's at the very core of meaning <laughs> within right. the, within the universe, right? But at the end of the day, uh Jesus in taking on flesh, what was he doing? He was camouflaging his divinity and our fragility by taking on flesh, right? In our first episode, we talked about God is eternal. He's outside time. He's larger than all of space. He's infinite. You can, you can divide every, every time you divide infinity, you get infinity. So like God can give an infinite amount of his attention to every, the smallest unit of the universe, right? And every single piece of the universe and every combination of every piece in the universe and still have infinity to give, right? Right. God's God's that big. Well, guess what? Jesus is co-eternal with the father. Right. So it's not like Jesus suddenly appeared at the moment of the Annunciation. Correct. Right. So he took on flesh, co-eternal with the father. He stepped from outside of time into time. What does that mean? He is Lord. He is utterly inconquerable. He is God. He is God. So how does how does God of the universe this is a point that Father John Ricardo brings up and hits home beautifully in a, in a, in a uh, YouTube talk called Proclaiming the Kerygma. He says, like, if, if Jesus is on that cross, if God of the universe is on that cross, there's only one reason he's there. That's that he's choosing to be there. Yeah, it's his, his divine will yes. that this occur. Yes. So it's not, it's, and, and he even says, you know, in, in, in John chapter 10, no one takes my life away from me. I freely lay it down. So like this notion. Yes. So to be clear, it's not suicide. Yeah. It's, in the, it's not, it's not an, a, a giving up 
Right. It's not relinquishing. Yes. It's not falling prey to the enemy. Yes. Right. And so, it's not the, and it's not our father being mean to him. And right. <laughs> and and remember, I, I want to go back to what you said uh, that Jesus camouflaged yes. his divinity. He didn't lose his divinity. No. He's still divine, fully divine, fully man. Yes. And and so this this uh, this divinity would would appear to be hidden. Yes. But it's there. Well, like one of the questions that Father John Ricardo asked is like, he, they nailed the God of the universe to a tree. Where, where do you get that nail? You know, I mean? yeah. like, the only way you get the only way he's there is because he wants to be there. And, and we have this note. Listen, we use phrases and it's an important phrase. I'm not trying to take away from the phrase Paschal victim. He is our Paschal victim. But sometimes when we use phrases like that, we can forget the other side of it, because if we just look at him as a, a victim okay, then we're forgetting that he's also the aggressor. Right, so a victim in and of itself, it seems like a failure. Yeah. Right, and yet he was not victim, he was victor. Yeah, he's exactly, yes, and he was aggressor, and who was he aggressor against? The devil. Death itself. And death itself, the lordship of death. Okay, so Jesus taking on flesh. So put yourself, put yourself, uh, imagine, put yourself at Calvary and imagine the devil's there. And this is another thing that Saint, uh, that uh, Father John Ricardo says uh, in, in that same talk. He says, imagine that the devil's there and he's looking at Jesus and he's looking at the cross. How gleeful he must have been. In oh, that yeah, moment. he was like, he was like wringing his hands. Yes. Making, <laughs> making evil plans. Because he's sitting there thinking like, I've been trying to tempt this guy. And, you know, you're. But a, now I've got him. Now I've got him. You know, you never sinned, but neither did she, you know, because Mary's standing there at the cross with him. Right. right. And you did a lot of miracles, but other people have done miracles, too. And I've been trying to get you all your life. Guess what? In a few minutes, you're mine. Right. You're about to die. And no one comes back from that. Right. And so what is Jesus doing? Jesus, by taking on flesh, allowing himself to die, he is allowing himself to be swallowed up by death. So that he could explode it from the inside. Now, see, think about that for a second. That's a powerful image. Yes. That he that he was like he allowed to himself to be physically, yes. you know, as a human, overcome by death. Yes. But again, remember, his divinity is camouflaged. Right. And so it's like you know the release the secret weapon. Right. Know? Right. Well, at the end, of, you know, he shows his lordship of death at the very end of his death insofar as he's the one who says father into your hands i commend my spirit and then he dies you know we're not able to we're not lords of death so we can't do that like we're you know we do that it'll be like at the end of little big man you know <laughs> where, where the where the uh, where the native american chief goes it's a good day to die and he's there and he's waiting to die and nothing happens you know yes. <laughs> and and like that's that's what would happen if we said we're gonna die uh but jesus because of his lordship over sin and death Jesus is able to command his own moment of death in that way. Just will it. Right. And he enter, he allows himself to get swallowed up by death so he can uh, uh, explode it from the inside. That's a quote from Father John Ricardo that yeah. I just absolutely love. But what is he doing? He's Jesus is taking that curse of death and he's turning it into a blessing. Right. So that's why he's not removing death from us because people say, well, gosh, you know, if, if he wants to end the lordship of death, why don't he just make it where no one dies anymore just take that away right? right but at the end of the day the lordship of death because it inclines us to sin it has it has wrought so much uh warping in our hearts and our minds and our souls inclining us to sin so what he's doing is in 
he is repurposing death. He's not taking death away from us. He's repurposing death by his cross so that we can. And and by that, he is inviting us to share in that so that we can die to sin and we can die to our inclinations to sin and we can share in his resurrection under his lordship. Amen. So that leads us, though, to, you know, that that question about, you know, why did Jesus have to die? But then the next question was, why do why does why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. Why does God allow suffering? Well, in the same way, yeah, He doesn't take away suffering; He repurposes it. Right. So that means that we then can have an active role in God's plan of salvation. Yes, we don't sit passively. That even in our suffering, this is why you can have these. I'll just call them crazy saints. They just seem, you know, like St. Paul, I rejoice in my sufferings. Yes. It's like, yes. what are you, a nut? Well, no our, one wants to suffer until you understand that suffering can be used in a way that is redemptive and part of sort of attaching ourselves to that same cross. Well, it's a preparation for our death. Our sufferings become little mini deaths. Oh, yeah. Where we die daily in union uh, with his cross. We're dying to self and all the ways that our self inclines us to sin, and we're dying to sin itself. Now, that's important to note, though, that that meaningless suffering is just that. It's meaningless. So right. that if we don't have a purpose, an attachment with our yes. suffering to being in, under the lordship of love, right? Being in God's lordship. Yes. If we're there, then then that that suffering, those many deaths have a purpose well so pope john paul ii has pope saint john paul <laughs> yeah you struggle with that i know i do but he says uh he's he one of the a beautiful quote of his is uh that we are an easter people and hallelujah is our right. song right and so like if you think about that like listen listen when we reflect upon that quote i think it's important for us to ask ourselves are we allowing jesus to conquer death within us conquer sin within us and conquer yeah. what inclines us to sin, which is our fear of death. Is there a part of us still, because see, this goes back, our, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters have a notion, or not all of them, some of them, many of them have a notion of once saved, always saved. Right. Right. And, and that for us as Catholics is problematic and it's contrary to everything that we've been saying. It's contrary to free will. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and biblically what it says is, we are, we were saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. Yes. You know, like we're it's, in all the tenses of salvation. We're in all the tenses of salvation. And part of that is because we are, you know, the devil is still, as a consequence of the fall, is still going to be trying to attack us to our last dying breath. Yes. Right. And, and, and he's going to try to incline us to sin and he's going to try to keep us in the lordship of sin and death and keep us away from the lordship of God and and, and the lordship of God. I mean, it's not like the only thing that matters within Christ is his death. Right. Uh, And it's and of course his resurrection, but his entire life is a witness to what the lordship of love looks like. Right. But his ultimate act of love was on the cross and he is inviting us into the lordship of love by his resurrection. Right. And also by the descent of the Holy Spirit, which is the means by which he incarnates himself in us so that Christ may be formed in us so that we may live out on a daily basis his sufferings, his death, his resurrection as we are living under his lordship. And we are preparing for that moment when we too die literally and by that die, we are death, but that, that biological death, which is no longer a curse. It is now a blessing because it has the means by which we are able to cross into the lordship of love. 
right yeah and so and so that's that is what this all comes down to is 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 uh you know and that's why all of this stuff is is related yeah and i will tell you this it you know it can sound complicated yes i mean we 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 just did 20 whatever however many minutes talking about all this stuff right and i just want to be really clear and explicit about this that you know part three of the kerygma is God's response to our sin through Jesus. What what did what did God what has God done through Jesus yes. in response to our sin? And essentially God fixed it. Yes. Right? God allowed uh you know, he, he sent Jesus to die. It's it's John three sixteen. Yes. It's held up at every sports game. You know, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, right? And so he wants us to live with him forever. Yes. And so he did the heavy lifting. Jesus did the heavy lifting. Yes. For us. And it's up to us in this in this uh, charismatic call. Right. For us to respond to the proclamation of salvation. Uh, and that's what our that's what our fourth part is about, our response. But just understand that essentially Jesus paved a road to heaven. Yes. Right. His actions paved a road to heaven. It's that it's that simple. We don't we don't have to kind of create a way to get back with God. And people ask, oh, what about people from other religions? What about people like Mahatma Gandhi? He wasn't Christian, but he lived such a great life, et cetera, et cetera. Like a few things like, first of all, the Catholic Church, we canonize people for heaven. We don't canonize people for hell. Every single soul. It's God is the one who gets to make that judgment. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, here's something that we can say for true for, for sure. And, it, you know, based on everything that we've laid out, every single person who is in heaven is there under the lordship of Jesus. So um, any person and as we said, God's going to reveal himself to every person and give them that chance. And if you've been living a life in accordance with your conscience, you're going to be more likely to shoot to be to because you're God's trying to draw us to him at all times through our conscience. That might make a person more inclined to accept the lordship of God when it's really presented to him. And if someone's living accordance to the more base appetites, that's going to be a harder call for them. But we're going to pray for every single human soul. But anyone who enters heaven, they're entering it under the lordship of Jesus within the mystery of God. So let's all do that. Yeah. Right? Let's, let's all do that. So, again, you can choose, you know, sin. You can choose death or you can choose life. Right. Right. That's what the charisma is all about. So stay with us for part four uh, next week. You don't want to miss that because it's like all the answers. Right. Right. But uh, thank you, Sam. This has been great uh, investigation so far. Let's ask the blessed uh, Virgin Mary to be with us on this uh, endeavor. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners sinners, now and at the the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.